everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Living Legends Foundation presents Music Day, a verified hit. Today we'll be in conversation with a music executive whose name you might not be familiar with, but his work has made a huge impact on the music industry. I'm Monique Kelly, and this is Music Day, a verified hit, a podcast all about trends and issues facing the Black music industry. Unapologetic conversations that we hope will educate and inspire. You can listen to Music Day on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Amazon Music, and anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. Today's guest is Adrian Miller. And this brother, let me talk to you about this guy. Adrian's experience in the music industry ranges from radio disc jockey, boots on the ground, guerrilla street promotion, creating streetwear that became a hip hop music must have, AR executive, artist management, label founder and co-owner, mastermind of successful digital and real-world marketing campaigns, executive producer in film and television music supervision, Adrian has been immersed in nearly every facet of the business and understands what it takes to elevate artists and the art form to the next level. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction, Monique. Wow. I know. I'm like, wow, too. You you impressed with yourself a little bit. Higher. <laughs> so I want to dive in because I just want to pick your brain because it's just, I'm fascinated. Your musical loves included rapping, breakdancing, and vinyl records where you learned about the music you love. You've come to our attention due to your work as the music supervisor for the Wu-Tang Clan TV series. But there's even more to your broad career. Can you take us on a short walk through your career from A&R to management to label owner to music supervisor? Take us on the journey. Um, okay. I was kind of pushed into the journey of management when all along I just wanted to participate. I was, uh, because I was the only college student around graduate around my friends who were all excitingly coming of age and getting asked to come to the record labels um i was asked to be the guy to read the contracts and then that turned into you're my manager which you know easily turned into the label saying well if you have all this access why don't you do it for us and so you know long story short i was just the um a citizen in the community um from st louis to los angeles that got a chance to see you know, all of this business and culture of hip hop music through black music grow and graduate and find its own place. And in, in, in I found my place in it. Yeah. 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 Where, where do you think your foundation for your love of music stemmed from? It would have to be an experience I had growing up um, in L.A. 
I was at a talent show. I went to a talent show at Sportsman's Park, and I always heard Cameo and, you know, the Temps and my mom's and dad's jams. I always listened to that, but I didn't put the connection together that he was throwing some of the biggest parties in L.A. So I didn't connect the fact that Rick James was around or this person was around to you know, it being business. I didn't see that. I saw the fun and the good times. And so at, a t at the talent show, I saw guys dancing and I told my dad, I said, I can do that. And I didn't say I can do that hip hop maneuver that they were doing. I said, I can do that. And he was just like, if you can do it, do it. Shut up talking about it and be about it. And I did it. And I was like, oh, I like it. And, and then he was just like, but you didn't do it to the beat. From that moment, it kind of struck me that there was a beat. And I always look for that beat. Yeah. I love that. It's so great when you can find a passion and then marry it with work and just love doing what you're doing. They always say, if you love what you do, it never feels like works, which is what it sounds like. So what motivated you to go into A&R? Um, well, I, I, I've always been a seeker, you know, curiously, the guy who takes apart the computer or the radio and tries to put it back together. And so I would always look at vinyl and read and research it like it was a book or a study and know who was in the room and, you know, where it was recorded and, you know, down to what was Shaka thinking when she was having her lyrics written by someone else and why wouldn't she write that? And it wasn't until I got a chance to meet her and ask her, why didn't she write her own songs? She's like, baby, I don't got to write my songs. I can just sing them. <laughs> And Why so, you sound just like her? <laughs> do that. That's what I can do. So, um, yeah, finding out how an artist and repertoire worked and maneuvered from the perspective of a label um, was kind of akin to what the kids do nowadays in terms of just putting out their own music. I was kind of building my own job description, if you will. But I actually did get a chance to look at the greats, Lil Solace, John McClain, Sam, Sam Sever, um, and look at them from a perspective of, I want to be like those guys when I grow up, you know, and, you know, Daryl Sutton, who can I say? I can't, I, it's so many of them. Oh my God. I, I, I would do a name that tune and, and person right now with you of the guys but the person who tucked me in and said, hey, follow me and I'll show you the route was Orlando Aguian. Uh, or between Orlando and Kim Bowie, they were very much at a smaller record company, little independent outfits. Um, Kim worked for Island Records, which I was able to get my first record deal done there. And Orlando was at Delicious Vinyl Island, which I could tell you more about that story because everything I've ever done, and I encourage people to learn how to take things full circle because what you don't see as your onset of opportunity doesn't mean it, it's not there. It just means it's not there yet. So, you know, we heard about his time. Well, ours. tell me more about the Orlando story. Hilarious. So, O was a rapper and, you know, he was an entity in L.A., but I didn't meet him in L.A. I was trying to get into the Tone Loke show while I was going to school in Tulsa. And Tone Loke came to town, and who's better to be at the show than the guy who's on the hip-hop station or not, excuse me, the guy who's playing hip hop at the radio station. I'm supposed to be at the show. I didn't get an invite. So I showed up for their sound check properly early 
And Orlando walked out to sign. You know, he was he was moving around with Tone Loke at the time, and he was like, "Yo, man, do you know where the people are that let us in so that we can do our sound check?" And I said, "I'll find out." And he said, "I appreciate you." So I just made myself handy, and he saw me as somebody who worked at the club. I didn't work at the club. <laughs> so by the time I made it back to L.A. from school in Tulsa, Orlando was expecting to see me, and you know. The unexpected expected to see me was me just showing up saying, hey, man, I made it. I'm here for, I'm here to work. He's like, boy, if you don't get away from me. <laughs> he and I are very close friends. I love him like a big, a big brother now. But it grew into that from him realizing that there was no getting rid of me. Right. <laughs> That's a good quality to have. That's a good, which leads <laughs> me to what the management. So was management an outgrowth of a and R, and did it require another set of skills altogether? Similar skill set, except for in the A and R realm, you're planning around the art. On the management side, you're planning everything, planning around the aptitude and you know psychology of the artist. Dealing with being that extended family member, you're dealing with um, you know the growth of a person into their dreams. So in a, in a way, it's like being an A&R person because you're, you're, you are kind of a manager in that regard. Mm -hmm. Management of expectations of the opportunity, management of expectations. Management of expectations. Let's talk a little bit more about, you said something really interesting, the psychology of the artist. Is there one factor that you've noticed that is familiar with all artists that's, you know, something that you have to deal with uh, when working with artists? Do I say the negative one? Absolutely. You can never start with an artist that's going to stay with you. Oh, that's okay. That hurt, unfortunately. And I'll tell you why we have a stigmatism in black music, that we think the grass is greener, and we tend to not respect people who look like us, who are family and closer to us in style and, you know, passion. And we look at a different origin and race and say that person could probably do more for me. I've actually had an artist tell me once before, I got to get with the Jewish guy because they can do more for me in my career path. And I took it as you just don't know what I can do. Right. Right. You know, I, as you know, you're, you're mistaken me for somebody who is not who I can grow into. And I'm mistaking you for somebody who is. And how do we get around that? Um, these conversations, these heavy conversations, Monique, you know, it's, it's really like, I'm not asking you to give me a free ride, um, ever. I don't want that from any artist I ever rock with, but I also understand that they have friends who want to be in the business and in the game who aren't quite positioned yet. And I say to them, get in the position, learn everything you can. You got a faster growth rate than an artist does with a, a, a hit record by being out there and trying to go and attain um, an interlope of internships and jobs and, you know, getting out there and just being in the mix. You can do that quicker, faster, better, stronger than an artist. So learn the business at hand before you go try to do a job, know what that job is potentially. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And speaking of artists that you have been with from the very beginning, let's talk about Anderson Pack. Because um, you've been with them from the beginning until now. Is his career the one you and he envisioned? And I also need to know how you came up with the spelling and notation of his name. <laughs> you answer it in any order that you want. I'm going to start it off by saying former manager. Former manager, yes. 
and I don't, I only do that for the reckoning that I don't have a problem saying I did something. I've moved on. My career was something before that. And I might even add that I didn't learn this business of starting with an artist from dealing with artists. I learned the business of starting with artists with dealing with big managers. You know, my first real job at that was thanks to um, Stephen Rifkin. Thanks to, um, it's speaking of, you know, Jewish individuals in the business, Paul Stewart, Michael Roth. I had my fair share, Amanda Demi, Happy Walters, um, and then Benny. Benny took me in and tucked it in right. Benny, yes. Yeah, really, really was there. He really did give me a job. That's how I know Pat, which is funny. Oh, everybody knows Pat. So the thing about Anderson and he really had a vision for what he wanted. He was Breezy Lovejoy when I met him. He wasn't Anderson Pack. Breezy Lovejoy. He had a sound all his own. He had a very unique look. I'll let you guys go back and pull those pictures up. And he really had a vision for what he wanted to do. And he, we talked about it. We've had a vision board, you know, that worked from. And we knocked down everything on that vision board in a big way. And he was like, you know, I want to meet Dr. Drake. That was on his vision board. I want a platinum record that was on his vision board. I want a million dollars was on his vision board. I mean, he put the wildest things on his vision board and we actually knocked it out. Wow. That's um, that is not just a testament to me. I'm going to state that as a testament to two people finding each other at a good time. Yeah. And that was lightning in a bottle. You don't strike that all the time in your career on either side. But I believe in uh, the destiny and I believe in God. So, you know, I'm always going to be preaching that you got to have something that you really believe to be able to meditate. And then, and then you get into the expectations of how you manage that time and you pursue that dream. I love that because a lot of people talk about manifestation, but there's a bigger power to, man to manifestation working with that vision board working, to your point. It's exercise of the manifestation. Yeah. Um. Also, his name is Brandon Anderson. Oh, okay. Doc is really his middle name. Oh, that's his middle name? Spelled the same yep. way? Spelled the same way, too? Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Period. A dot is, um, you know, he says he puts the dot there because if you miss it, you're not paying attention. So he wants that there for the attention of detail. And I ain't mad at him. He's a unique individual in, 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 in his own right to get to where you have to grow into being your own artistic vision. You have to be unique. Right. You have to be destined for greatness and be great. Yeah, I learned a lot rocking with him. And we still do a lot of business together because we we started off this business as business owners and entrepreneurs. I like to think of myself as one of the most important black entrepreneurs I know. And we are, the power is in ownership. So we maintain the masters to all his music. Mm -hmm. It'll help him kind of deal with that catalog to this day. That is the key, from what I understand, is maintaining those masters. That That is the game changer. Well, a lot of people talk about it, but, you know, I think the, the thing is doing the business of it, the cataloging, the actual rights management, the placement, the, you know, licensing, the sync, all, all, of, all of the above, which when you learn that, that's the, the art and business of publishing. And speaking of, to your point, being the greatest entrepreneur that you know, Let's talk about your management company, Zion Incorporated. The management of any artist can be daunting, but especially when the artist is unknown. What is the key to breaking through? Um, it's campaigning. You know, it's, have your team strategy in order and you have your go-to-market. 
it's you have to you know champagne campaign you have to get out there kiss babies you know walk walk around and help old ladies across the street <laughs> or young ones whichever it goes and you have to really get about your service work you got to get out there and let people know what it is you are standing for me i tr i try to pride myself on standing for something or falling for everything so i don't fall for anything so I always have to make sure that the artists that I rock with say something that's of relevance and say something that's, you know, going to change the outlook through the art, the perception of which we have access to. You know? cool. And then from a manager's perspective, what is a key indicator that the act will be successful? Well, you know, nowadays they'd like to think that the numbers tell the story and the tell of the tape. Um, I'm still in the place where I can hear something. And I, I play this two ways, so bear with me. Uh -huh. I want to hear both. So the first thing I say is if by the time I like it, it's probably not going to be liked by kids. <laughs> I like it. You ain't going to blow up. But if I like it, I'll work really hard to blow you up. Mm -hmm. So it's a catch-22 with me. I ain't saying this is easy. I'm saying that it is. <laughs> okay. I hear you. So what's key for a successful manager or what did you learn at the age of 24 from working with the Benny Medina? Okay. So at, at that stage in life, um, I was leaving out of a management company knowing pretty much what not to do. Okay. What was it not to do? Well, not to have too many artists under one roof, unless you had the same wherewithal to create you know work in, in in operation for such bandwidth it's one thing to say i want to do this job it's another thing to be able to actually do it and see it through and agreeably you know if someone doesn't know what to expect then they expect everything and you have to also manage expectations that's really important and key to being a good manager so when i was working for benny i was an nr guy and i had to deal with the managers and i had to deal with all the top top managers because in that era what people don't realize is the record business is a series of musical chairs. And a lot of times that person that you burn bridges with going up that ladder Hello. is going to be your boss at the line. So I was just, you know, a babe trying to learn. And, you know, I was the kid that would be in your office and in a heartbeat, you know, Carrie Gordy or somebody who was at Paisley Park one minute and be like, get out of my office. And I'm bothering him to get the information that I need. And that was the era when, when, you know, the artist formerly known as wasn't having it with us at Warner. So Carrie, I'm so fortunate that I, I was just with his wife too today, which is funny because I'll get out. But, but this is the full circle here. Carrie was at Paisley Park. Didn't want to have anything to do with any of the A&R people, me included. I didn't know Carrie and Benny used to be in a group together. What? I didn't know. How much all that is information? So, I'm I'm just me. I'm cool and collected. I'm not giving anybody any headaches. Yes, he's the the GM of Paisley Park, and I'm a very unapologetically me. Mm -hmm. So when he comes for as my boss, as the the VP of A and R for Warner Brothers, he's a, he's automatically taken to me because he loves my attitude on go get him. So in that moment. I think I learned that you might be on one side of the fence or the other, but one thing is for sure. And two things is for certain. We all got to get a job accomplished. So heavier is the heart that moves steady. 
you know? Mm. With with that, I don't mean to get too philosophical. No, I love it. Keep going. This is good. With it, I just feel like my learned um, course has been be kind. There's nothing wrong with, you know, I, I see so many attitudes with managers and, you know, posturing with executives. That's truly unnecessary. You could just get your point across and say what you got to say. And I've seen it some some of the best some of the best people in the business are very cool, calm, and collected. You will never get John McClain to raise his voice to you. Anyway, <laughs> Harry won't. Harry just smiles and giggles and, 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 you know, lots of love. You know, it's interesting. The late, great Dr. Maya Angelou once said, people will forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And this sounds applicable to exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I think that uh, I love that quote. I just have trained myself to be a kinder spirit. And, you know, I want to leave here with people knowing that, hey, I touched their spirit in a good way. You know, maybe we didn't come up with a hit record and your career didn't blow up. But, you know, we really gave it a, a real effort. And, you know, all cooler heads prevail. Not everybody's going to work register. Somebody got to work on fries. <laughs> okay. I'm going to fill that quote. I'm definitely going to send that quote. When dealing with the artist and being a manager, is it a sense of artistic empathy, artistic control, or something else in addition to making the fries and working the register? Um, I think these words exist, these sayings exist because it all makes a difference. You know, it's, it's all important. Right. So yeah. I want to ask you, <laughs> how many labels do you own now? I have ATU. Delicious Vinyl Island, OBE with Anderson Pack, Tiny Universe with Oma Keith. Am I missing any? How many? How many do you have all together? So a Tiny Universe is ATU. okay. That's Omas and I. We do that together. Um, Anderson and I own uh, OBE. Michael Ross and I partnered with Leslie. Um, our Delicious Vinyl Island, and you know, ownership has its 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 uh what how do you say ownership has its I don't know, privileges, I yeah. guess. But I, I like to think of these this ownership conversation as partnership, you know. And I also talk to my partners about being being a better partner. Those are the only labels I own. Uh, Zion is a management company that manages managing partner like you would if you were at a big real estate house or firm, okay. you know. I manage and own it IP. So I have a lot of IPs that I'm um, you know, I'm I'm really about trademark, copyrights, intellectual property. You know, just something I kind of picked up in school. Just a little, just a little something, something. And what is, what would you say? You talked about how it has its privileges, but what is the greatest reward of owning your own label? I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? I haven't kicked it up yet. I'm, I'm, what, you, you answer that question for me. What is the greatest reward for owning your own label? I know I must have to be a, you know, Maybe I get a free admittance into a psychiatric ward at some point in my career. I don't know. What you tell you me? You own your stuff. You own it. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll revisit that. We're gonna revisit that in a few. Okay. So let's talk about Wu Tang Clan. Did you work with Wu Tang Clan while at Loud Records? And if so, were you recommended by the group to be music supervisor? So I was recommended by my client that I manage who worked on a couple of seasons with RZA, along with my co-management partner, um, Cameron Mitchell. So my client is King Tech. Cameron is um, 
he used to be at CAA. He has a new company called Artistry with Max Goose. Cameron, myself, and Max always have projects in rotation because we work collectively. But Cameron was probably, if not the best black agent once upon a time at CAA. You couldn't a meeting with him because he was so occupied with time and space. And he since started his own business. And he was like, you know, hey, you got a lot of you got a lot of um, music things that you've been doing. You know, you and RZA need to work together a little closer. And I have a great relationship, you know, since working at Loud with Wu-Tang. So that was how the introduction kind of came full circle. I'd worked on seasons one and two managing tech. And so when the opportunity came up, I had already did the film Cutthroat City. I'm a music supervised Cutthroat City for RZA. And what's the day look like when you are doing music supervision? Talking with a bunch of producers, talking with the, you know, house music team, making sure that the songs that can fit, you're choosing through series of songs, you know, that potentially will fit a scene. You're making sure that the director likes and loves the ideas of those songs. He may have a series of songs that you have to figure out and then you have to clear all that. So dancing around all the labels and publishers trying to get deals that make sense staying within the budget for the companies that you respectively have to do it for. So it's not just me. Again, I'm in a partnership of people that I'm, I'm, I'm pushed in the front to be the face in, of whatever music supervision, but I actually have a whole working music team. Uh, Miss Carol, who works very closely with me full time, Carol Reinheimer, and then uh, Demonica and Ty, they're my team. Then Kira is on my team along with King Tech, along with everybody that we, you know, we have to source all this through RZA. It comes down to Alex and RZA ultimately making the decisions. Alex wrote the show and he's the executive producer. RZA is the executive producer slash writer slash director. All that. And then, you know, Disney has been such a joy to work with and for. Like the whole team over there from Jeremy to Rodney to, you know, I just give everybody the names and shout them out, Brian. Um, they, they have a real formula on success and they really are sticklers about how you have to turn around your your paperwork and so i'm okay with that and you know meantime and in between time it, the work seems like it's never ending because you're talking about hundreds of songs in a mm. season and you know thousands of songs potentially because you have to also find the ones that work on both sides so just because i like it don't mean that it stays in the in the show and it, it's heartbreaking sometimes because it really does fit. It really yeah. does set a tone for the home. And so I am I am more about like walking away from something like, wow, did you see that scene? And sometimes it's not music that makes the scene. It's just the scene that makes it. How do you know? handle when you are really passionate about a particular song that goes with the scene and it's not agreed upon? Do you are you ever able to switch, uh, make them change their mind, or do you just kind of say, okay, this is your project, you know, we'll do what you want to do. The collaborative project, always, always. Otherwise, I ain't doing. Otherwise, I don't. Don't call me about it if you don't want my opinion and don't ask because I'm going to give it to you, straight up. And then you know, I'm a thinker through the music. Like for me, having this conversation, I've came up with like five songs that are apropos to the conversation. So in a scene, I'm going to be able to do that, whether it's a, you know, a Carpenter's record, whether it's, you know, a Motown piece, whether it's a blues piece, something that Zydeco, whatever. I got all kinds of stuff right here 
So it's almost like the music just comes out of me no matter what. But I'll I'll also cry. You'll cry. You'll get these puppy dog eyes if I like something. Okay, you can have it. Whatever you say, we go on with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you mentioned Demonica. Let's see, you mentioned Demonica. Was she um from the Good Girls? Are are you referring to her? So I don't know who wasn't a Good Girls fan. Were they on your sweetness and my weakness? Is that them? Yes. That's the jam. That's still the jam. Not only was it the jam, but do you know how fine <laughs> they were to get an opportunity to work with one of them? Monica's one of the best people in uh, servicing, you know, clearances. So she really learned the business of clearances. She's been doing this for over 20 years. And so when I needed somebody to get on my team with clearances and be on my team, I knew I could I could count on her because she knew I was going to get on her nerves. <laughs> I had a um, a poster of the good girls back in the day. And I was like, ooh, I want to meet them so bad. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> Joy and I were friends before Demonica and I knew one another. So, you know, I, I kind of made my way through the whole crew. Like, ah, yeah. And landed here. It's such a small world in this industry. What you were talking about before, all the different people, the ins and outs, it all kind of comes together. And speaking of which, in terms of knowing each other and those relationships and music, you know, AI has been a huge topic of discussion. So I'm just curious, are you interested in using AI to pursue other projects or are you already doing so? Um, I'm usually already doing so. It's here. It's been here. I mean, I wonder if it will change in terms of, you know, the heart and soul of music and how, you know, music to me is about feeling and getting in touch with an emotion. The answer is yes, it will change. No, it won't change what you think the heart and soul okay. of music is. Okay. I think that you said it, You when you said it, will it change? Yes, it will. But it won't ever stop being the, the perspective of what we do, what connotates frequency and harmony you can't get that from anything but the real mccoy mm -hmm. not breathing life is not something a computer can do period and what do you do when you sing well i i can't even hum so i can't even answer that question what is next for you what's your next big project your next big passion project what is next for adrian um i was just meditating on Day at uh, the Art of Life Temple in LA. I went to meditate this morning and get introduced to that. And I, I think the next big project for me is paying attention to the projects. I have a lot of projects. I don't, I don't think that one is bigger than the other necessarily. But they're all like we take our time. We really pursue greatness out of that. And I have, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to uh, Miss Carol the other day. I called my right hand Miss Carol. We were speaking about how all my all my relatives are now performers and they're all looking at me to help them and I'm like no I'm not going to just propel you I need you to want to do it but if you got it cool so you know one of my um my my young nephews Julian Rose he's in front of many labels right now about to do his thing and blow up um, I did a record with him for an artist I represent, Bryn Joy. Bryn is one to look out for because he's got this sound that is, oh my goodness, and he's young. Bryn, B 
E-R-E-N-J-O-Y. And what kind of music is, is he doing? Like he is the young version of a lot of things that we are missing in music. And people always say, well, why? It's coming. Trust. We're going we're gonna to bring it through. And with that said, uh, Ro James, I represent mm-hmm. Ro. Ro is coming with his new project on RCA. So I'm excited about that. Super excited about my my niece is uh, Blakeyana. Blakeyana has every label in a, in a handstand trying to get her attention. And she's going to make a decision as to where this goes. And we'll make some announcements shortly. But yeah, it's good stuff um, for her. And she's a rapper and got all this vivacious energy. But where we where we might be missing the mark on a lot of the young ladies telling their stories through hip hop, they got to be street tough. She's uh, she says what she means, but she was raised right. I could put Oh, I, could put I, like I, I, I like the direction that you're going in with that. I like that. My sister went in that direction. I got to give her her props, you know, like her mom. Right. Right. So you're with Blake and you're like, hey, you, you, you going to have a drink? She's like, I'll oh, ride. Wow. Like, she don't smoke. I'm dealing with a lot of like upstart young people. Um, I'm representing Shamik Moore mm-hmm. now. He's coming out with a little feature film called Spider-Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> that little thing. Okay. All right, Shamik. Reach is, the reach is crazy right now. Um, Wolf is another niece. She's incredible. Everybody's putting her on the on the pedestal. Like uh, my boy um, just wrote Shaka Khan's new album. Ooh. Speaking of Shaka, well, there's a new Shaka Khan album coming from an artist that I, the writer. Oh, that's gonna be good. Him. Yeah. Well, you have a lot yeah. of great things. It's a lot, so I can say you know all these different things. But you know, when you think about the labels, it's really like I I try to push things and pursue things through the labels that I rock with. From Gumbo to Black Hero to Cassowary to Shamik, all these records are getting ready to go, <laughs> and I see my name attached to it. But I'm I'm here to help them and be successful as what is all. This is my job. This, this, what I, this is your not just your job. It sounds like it's also your passion, and that's yeah, that's what makes absolutely. the difference. That's why you're successful and happy. So that that's some good stuff, Adrian. Like this is this is good. Well. Just tell the viewers right. before we get off, where can mm-hmm. they find your social media contact website info so that we can be the first to hear all these announcements? Oh, um, I always say get on the news feed with me. Anybody in the industry, if you want to know what up-to-date news and, and markers are, I don't just talk music business. I talk about tech. I talk about innovation. Um, I'm always trying to grow us as, as a culture of people. POC is super important for us to do what we do. Um, you know, and, and I, and I think about, um, people who really excite me and help me guide a path like, you know, uh, God bless the family of, you know, Harry oh, gosh, man, we, we, we are, we are not losing anything when people are in transition, we are gaining the opportunity that we were there in the space with. Them. Absolutely. So I am, uh. I'm a fan of that. And, you know, so Zion, Zion.com is X-Y-I-O-N.com. If you go to Zion.com, any and all things that are, you know, involving me, you know, and uh, my social media, I guess you, you put the, the links on here, but it's uh, Adrian underscore Miller on Instagram and Adrian Miller on Twitter. I'm never really on either <laughs> port. 
We'll stick to the the XY. What is the XY dot com? XYION dot com. And it's pronounced Zion. Okay. Well, we hope you all enjoyed learning something today about a truly unsung music executive, producer, and music supervisor, Adrian Miller. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to the audio podcast, please subscribe, like, follow, make comments. We'll be sure to comment back. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Adrian Miller. Music Day, a verified hit. Associate producers Jackie Reinhardt, Varnell Johnson, Vivian Scott Chu, Mark Hill, Tony Winger, Sheila Eldridge, Pat Shields, Ken Johnson, and Shannon Henderson. This has been a Living Legends Foundation, Inc. production. Find out more about the Living Legends Foundation, Inc. or donate at livinglegendsfoundation.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.